I had a fake countdown. <laughs> okay, well, welcome. Actually, I had a real countdown, but um, I figured there's already people in here. Why don't we just get started? Uh, and my brother's got a first comment. Sweet. Welcome. Uh, so what I'm going to do is spend the next um, probably hour-ish, hour and a half, and go through your home buying questions. So Dan is not with me here today. Um, he is out of town, um, but I'd be happy to go through any questions um, that you have about home buying. So feel free to leave those here in the chat, um, and then we'll get started on that. Reginald, I see that you're in here. Welcome. Uh, good to see you in here. Uh, I did want to cover as well, uh, maybe once we get a couple more people in here, um, what's going on with interest rates and a, a big change is going to end up happening. It's hard to say exactly when, but probably close to March, April, there's going to be a huge change in conventional interest rates. Um, and it's a little bit of a hot topic right now for a lot of, um, for a lot of lenders, uh, because basically what's ending up happening is people who have higher credit scores are kind of being penalized. Um, versus people who have lower credit scores on conventional loans. Um, and you know what? Let me just go ahead and touch on that really quickly. So basically, uh, the way that mortgages are priced, I think people have a lot of questions about this, is um, the, higher your, the higher your credit score, uh, the lower your interest rate and vice versa. The more down, uh, you know, the higher your down payment is, the less risky your loan is. Um, and hello, Louis the Frenchie, uh, welcome, and Rome M. Um, so mortgages are all kind of based on risk in that way. So uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on conventional loans have what are called loan level price adjustments, um, or LLPAs for shorts, um, for short. And basically what it is, is it's a fee. And that fee doesn't get passed on to you in like an upfront cost. It, get, it gets passed on in a interest rate increase. So it's kind of confusing. Basically think of it this way, uh, 50 basis point change. So 0.5% in change of the cost changes your interest rate by about uh, 0.25%. Okay. So it can be a little confusing in this way. Um, but basically what this chart shows is the difference here. Um, so anything in red is a negative change for borrowers, meaning that uh, it's going to be a higher rate. Anything in green is a lower rate. So basically what this chart is showing us right here, people who are putting 20% down and have a 720 credit score are actually going to see probably around uh, an increased rate of 0.25 to 0.375%. Um, and what's really, really worrying about this is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and this is most conventional loans throughout the nation, um, with most lenders, they're basically penalizing people who are putting down more than 10%, right? Everything here in the orange and red and who are in the 680 and up range. Then people who are putting three to 5% down who have lower credit scores are actually going to get a lower interest rate. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> basically the people who put a higher amount down, who have more money, who have higher credit scores are subsidizing people being able to put lower amounts down with lower credit scores. It looks like they're trying to even out the conventional loan playing field of sorts. Um, but it's a, it's a rough call. 
uh, that they're doing this. Um, because that's basically what's happening. The people who are saving up to put more money down are actually being penalized in this instance. So what we're probably going to start seeing happen with a lot of quotes, um, you know, when you're looking at getting a quote from a lender, or if you're looking to talk with us to get a quote, is we'll probably need to start strategizing like, okay, let's say you do have a 720 or higher credit score. Okay, well, we don't want to take this hit if you're looking at getting 20%, if you're looking, looking at putting 20% down or even 10% down, you'll actually get a better interest rate by putting 5% down or 3% down um, by quite a bit, by probably around half a percent right there. Then you can take the remaining amount of that money and put it on the first payment. So you lock in the lower interest rate and then you still were able to put all the equity down that you wanted. So it's going to be really weird. Another thing that they did in here as well is um, they added on, uh, there's a, a cost increase based on your debt to income ratio. Um, and this is if it's above 40%. And so what used to happen is when you were able to shop for a mortgage, you know, you the lender only needs a couple bits of information to be able to see if you what interest rate you could qualify for. The hard part now when they're wanting debt to income ratio in there is that you can't get an accurate quote once this uh, gets put in place in May 1st. You can't get an accurate quote until you have a full application with a lender. Um, I, I think this is a really bad decision that they're doing this personally. Um, but it is what it is and I don't make the decisions unfortunately. Maybe that is for the best. <laughs> oh, who knows. All right, um, let's see who else is in here. Uh, Jan Medina 8, Rome M, Jewel, I'm gonna get to your questions in just a second, J. Sue, uh, Gerwin, Meg C, ha, ha Kama, uh, Rick, um, I think I said Louis the Frenchie. And then I'm gonna see if uh, Javier's gonna hop on here at some point. I told him that I should, um, but he hasn't texted me back, which sounds pretty normal at this point. All right, let me figure this out real quick. Throw this up here. All right, and for those of you new to me, uh, my name's Kyle, so I run this channel, Win the House You Love. Um, I also work with a team of incredible loan officers. So we have seven loan officers now. And if you'd like a free home loan consult um, and connect with my team, you can go to winthehouseyoulove.com. Um, and we would be happy to help look, you know, help you look through quotes or figuring out any questions that you have, or even just going through the pre-approval process um, whenever you're ready. All right, let's hop into some questions here. Rick, um, you said my parents want to assist me uh, with purchasing a home, but they want to be on the loan as co-borrowers. How does that impact income tax write-offs concerning home ownership? Um, I mean. I you need to speak with an actual CPA about tax information, uh, not a loan person like myself, um, but I can't see how that would impact um, tax write-offs or income tax write-offs. Um, hello, Meg C. Wondering how lenders calculate debt when student loans are on pay-as-you-earn plan with $0 monthly payment. Great question. Um, I have a chart for you here that will be helpful. Uh, pull it up in just a second. Do, 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 do. Um, let's see if it's going to load. All right. That's not the right one. There we go. Okay. So the guidelines change based on what loan you're looking at. 
So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, these are conventional loans. Um, so basically the guidance with Fannie Mae right here um, is going to say if it's deferred or it's been reduced, um, which is you know in your situation, basically Fannie Mae is gonna say um, that they can run off of an income-driven repayment plan unless it's zero. In that instance, it needs to be 1% uh, of the outstanding balance calculated in your debt to income ratio. Um, I'm sorry, I have that backwards. The lender, you can work with $0 on Fannie Mae, not on Freddie Mac. Um, FHA is gonna be the same thing. You can go income-driven repayment. Um, but if it's $0, like in your instance, they're gonna use 0.5%, um, just like Freddie Mac would. Uh, VA uses a completely different calculation. Um, let me know if you go, or if you're looking at VA. Um, and then USDA is gonna look at the half percent as well when it's uh, above um, zero. So let me see if I had another chart to explain that a little bit. Um, I was trying to see if there's an example in here that has all the zero amounts, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Um, one solution that you can do in here as well is if you are on like that $0 uh, monthly payment, and let's say you're looking at a loan type that's going to require um, you to use uh, a percent of that. So maybe, I don't know, it's like an NFHA loan or something. You can actually enroll inside of a government program and repay on that and use that in your debt to income ratio instead of a higher uh, automatic amount. Um, Gerwin, you said, hello, um, we'll be under contract tomorrow. How do we know if we got a good deal? Um, 6.125. Um, really a good deal is really going to be subjective to your market. Um, and also when you're talking about a, a good deal, there's kind of two, two sides to that. There's the, um, the home side, right? You're talking, where you're talking about like the price of the home along with the seller concession. Um, along with contract terms like it including you know items and appliances like your fridge stove um, that whole thing so that's going to be best to talk with your real estate agent about and then as far as your loan that's going to be a separate thing um, to figure out like was that a good you know quote unquote deal um, so i have a link in the description where you can actually upload your quote and then we'll compare it against ours and we'll let you know um, if that's something we can beat or if we think that you got a good deal that way uh janet hello dave king Mike, welcome, Dominique, Reginald, uh, Caitlin, welcome. Jay Sue, howdy all, I close on Monday. Thank you all for your great advice. Well, congratulations on your upcoming closing. Um, what's your advice for purchasing a home unmarried? Uh, no different than if you were married. It really doesn't make the process um, any different. The only, the only main difference there in like buying unmarried versus married is that, you know, obviously when you're, uh, married, you like you likely have somebody else whose income is going to contribute to the loan in most cases. Um, when if you're unmarried, you probably don't have somebody else's income to help contribute to the loan. So sometimes it can be more difficult for people who are unmarried to qualify um, for what they're looking for, just because it's a single income versus potentially a dual income. However, there's also plenty of people who are married and also are on a single income. Um, do, 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 do. All right. Um, hi from Ocala. Hello. 
Um, is there always room to negotiate a listed price? Yeah, absolutely. So all of uh, any home that's listed can be negotiated. Um, you absolutely can submit really any offer that we want. If you, I mean, technically, if you want to, you could submit an offer for a dollar. Uh, it doesn't mean the seller's absolutely going to accept that because they definitely won't. But yeah, there, you can always negotiate and put in an offer on a home that's listed. Caitlin, um, I have a zero credit score. Uh, so I, want, I do want to clarify in here that you don't have a zero credit score. You just have no credit score. Um, so that those are big differences. There's a real big difference between a low credit score and no credit score. Um, I'm going to start building in February and saving. How long do you think... Uh, if I start with a loadable credit, with a loadable credit, will it take for the bank to help me or whoever? Um, could you clarify one thing? I'm, I don't know what you mean by loadable credit. Um, are you talking about like a secured credit card? Uh, and then by the bank helping you or whoever, could you clarify what you mean by that? Um, like getting a loan or helping you with your credit? Or um, if you can clarify, I can come back to your question. Um, I'm looking to buy a foreclosure home for my first purchase. Any advice? Um, yeah, one thing I would recommend with foreclosures is really making sure that either you're confident and being able to assess the condition of the home or uh, you are working with an inspector that you trust to be able to help you um, inspect the condition of the home or somebody, uh, they don't necessarily have to be an inspector, maybe just somebody that you know who can actually vouch for the condition of the house. Um, that really is going to be the best and put you in the most favorable position because it's really easy with, you know, something like a foreclosed home and say like, oh, this is a, this looks like a great deal. And if you're not familiar with, um, what you're looking out for in that house, uh, it, you could run into issues in the future that could cost you a lot more money. Um, so just something to be mindful of. Um, Hey, I was looking into USDA loans. Uh, they take household income into account, right? Um, so my mom's income would be added to the total, even though she won't be on the mortgage. Yeah, this is one of the weird parts about USDA is they do look at uh, household income. So uh, just like exactly like you were mentioning, let's say you're on the loan, but your mom also is going to live there, but she won't be on the mortgage. Um, your mom's income will have to be calculated in the total uh, household income. And then that is what is used for the income limit on USDA. So it can be kind of tough when you have somebody um, living in the home who does make uh, a decent amount of money um, because it can disqualify you from USDA. Reginald, I'll be submitting a mortgage app with you. Should I wait till I receive mine? Uh, my 2022 1099 last year was um, my second year self-employed. Um, you have a second question here. Oh wait, your second question is, is different. Um, yeah, what I would do is I would go ahead and submit an application and then we'll take a look at your situation right now. Um, and then once you get your uh, 1099, um, we can take a look at that too and see uh, you know, which, which one's going to be best. Likely what's going to end up happening is we're going to need the 1099 anyway, depending on when you're looking at buying. Um, that's going to change the timing of when we would need that document. Um, but we can go ahead and take a look now. Uh, that way we can work on anything that needs to be worked on in the meantime. And then when the 1099 is ready, uh, we can use that. Um, you asked a question about, can I opt not to take the standard deduction, 4,000 and 12,000 deduction? I do not want to reduce my gross income. I want to have as much taxable income. Um, so the standard deduction is not counted 
um, in your mortgage qualification, um, that amount isn't taken off of your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's, that's the, it, the mortgage approval goes off your personal gross income, not personal net income. It goes off of business net personal gross. Um, if that helps clarify. Dominique, uh, is it best to have at least two pre-approvals done when searching for a house? And if one doesn't go through, you can just switch to the other lender to buy, or do you just have to stick with one lender? Um, there is no law requiring you to stick with any one lender. Um, I don't really ever find that you would need to have two pre-approvals done as long as you're confident in your lender and you know, you're, you've talked with them. To me, what you really need to do is when you have an approval or pre-approval, the pre-approval needs to be based off of a hard credit pull, um, which only changes your score zero to five points. And then also based off of your income and asset documents. So like your bank, you know, bank statement or whatever you're using for your down payment and closing cost funds. And then also things like your tax returns, pay stubs, W2s, 1099s, um, things like that. So if you gave those to a lender and they gave you a pre-approval back, then that's a pre-approval that you would be confident in using. Um, often what I find has been happening as you know, there's like this whole, you know, everything is switching to like super technology based is you get these like pre-approvals and they're based off of like a loan. Uh, they're based off of this like software that's doing a soft credit pull. So it isn't a full check into your credit. So they can't actually give you a solid pre-approval. And they're also usually not checking your documents. So for instance, like right now I could go onto probably three different uh, huge lender, you know, big lender websites and get a pre-approval and they won't have, will not have actually run my credit, um, or checked any of my income. So I could have told them, yeah, I make a million dollars a year. And they would say, cool, that sounds good. And then you run into issues when the closing time happens and they actually need those documents. So as long as you submitted those things, um, then I wouldn't have any reason to, uh, have an issue with the pre-approval. Um, does the free quote mean my credit will be pulled soft, hard, or is it a guesstimate? Um, we personally, like we give a quote based off of, uh, you know, without pulling, uh, credit, but we don't like to, um, because here, here's the thing with like mortgages. So many people want to just give you like estimates or like a guesstimate and they don't like estimates don't serve you well. Um, you're trying to put together like an accurate plan for you and your family. That's why like, you're on a stream like this asking questions. Um, you want to put together like a really solid plan and really solid plans require really solid data, not, uh, oh, don't pull my credit. Cause I don't want it to potentially change by zero to five points. I just want to go off of a loose estimate of what an interest rate could be. And that's not solid data. You really want an approval that's based off of a hard credit check. Um, and I know it sounds scary and people make it out to seem scary. It really isn't. It changes your score zero to five points. Um, and then once you have it pulled once you can have it pulled an unlimited amount of times for 45 days. Um, that's directly from the CFPB.gov website. Uh, the regulator that oversees extensions of credit. Um, you really want to make sure that you have an approval based off of that hard credit pull so that you actually know you can move forward confidently with a pre-approval, um, and not with something that some automated system gave to you or, um, you know, no one actually, no human actually looked through and helped to see, are there any roadblocks that you might encounter and how can we remedy those now? Not when you get under contract for something. 
Um, what loan type uh, would you use for a house that was partially built and the builder stopped right before drywall? Um, we talked about this on the last week's stream. This is going to be really hard. Um, I, to be honest, I don't know a loan that would work really well in that situation. You're honestly probably going to be looking at something that would be close to hard money. Um, mainly because if you have a builder stopping and if you think about a new lender is going to come into the situation and Dave, let's say you're looking at, uh, you need $400,000. Well, that lender all of a sudden is going to have these red flags of saying, why, why'd the builder stop? Did they just run out of money? Was there issues that they ran into? And what does that mean about the quality of the work that they already put into this house? Um, can they trust that the, the partial build is good and are they willing to put X amount, $100,000 behind it. So in that situation, I feel like hard money is, is what I'm leaning towards probably going to be your best solution. Um, traditional or standard loan products, I can't think of any uh, that sound um, like they would work. Janet, hello. Good to see you as always. Mike, if I can use income from a multifamily towards my debt to income ratio, how would we know what that amount is uh, when I go for a mortgage? Um, you look at my paycheck, of course, to qualify, how much would I qualify for? So when you're buying a multifamily home, so a two to four unit home, um, you can use 75% of the future rent to offset uh, your future mortgage payment. And the way where that number comes from is from an appraiser. Um, they're going to look at like in a similar way that where they're finding the value of your home from like comparable properties, they're going to look at comparable rentals and see what they're renting for and use that as what they would call market rent. Is now a good time to purchase? The question uh, that YouTube has been trying to answer forever. <laughs> um, you're going to get a million different opinions uh, when it comes to this. To me, uh, I've noticed this trend with YouTube in the past couple of years where everyone's taking all this national data and they're assuming that it's supposed to apply for you in this one situation. So nationally things happened and what ends up happening too, it's like one little change happens. Um, like something uh, goes up, ticks up by 0.2%. And then it's this national number and people make this narrative about it of 2.2%. Now this little up, uptick now means this big thing about the housing market. And you, Marilyn, living in Atlanta, the whole nation doesn't affect you in Atlanta, right? Um, so to me, real estate is always hyper-local because even Atlanta, Atlanta is huge. Um, and I'm not super familiar with all the pockets of Atlanta, but I'm sure Atlanta has at least 10 different sub-neighborhoods um, that all have different qualities to them. And that's what I realized too when I uh, started living where I'm at is I was able to recognize all these different pockets and saying, okay, like the national data isn't actually really affecting where I want to live. Um, there's a general trend to what's happening nationally. But when I see like the city putting tens of millions of dollars into one specific neighborhood, that's actually uh, really beneficial for me buying in that neighborhood. So to me, I've always uh, thought of like three signifiers to me of when I'm comfortable purchasing a home. Um, the first is buying a house that fits my budget. And you know we can use like rules of thumb and, and things like that, but ultimately it really needs to come down to like, what are you comfortable with? Some people are really comfortable with spending a majority of their income towards their home. 
Um, I don't think that that's good, but that's up to them. Some people are really comfortable with as little as possible spent towards housing. They don't really care how it looks. They don't really care about the condition that much. They're happy to fix up things as it goes along. Everyone has all the, these different preferences. So ultimately it's something that's comfortable and sustainable for you long-term. One of the best ways I think you can figure that out is by doing practice payments. So for instance, let's say your rent right now is $1,500 per month. Well, then if you've been paying that for the past two years, you know that you can afford a mortgage pretty easily at $1,500 a month or less. If you want to go up, let's say you're looking at a mortgage that's $2,000. Okay, maybe for the next couple months, we start setting aside an additional $500 in a separate account and start to see how that affects your budget. Does that start to make things kind of tight? Or is that not bad at all? Those practice payments where you're basically paying yourself the you know the difference between the future mortgage payment and your rent payment just into like a separate account can help you really see a real life example of how does this feel in my budget. So number one, having a really comfortable budget. Um, number two is buying for a, a medium term. So it used to be with real estate, you'd be able to buy a house and then like in a year or two, you'd be able to sell it and make a ton of money. Uh, I don't think that's really the case so much anymore. Um, so what I would plan is to stay in your home for at least five years uh, because what we've seen with uh, historical home prices the past three times that there's been a decrease in home values. If you bought at the height uh, and then waited out, um, six years was the maximum amount of time for you to break even on your money. On the other two, it was three years. So worst case scenario, when 2008 housing crash happened, if you bought at the height, at the highest price, it would have taken, you know, the prices went down and then came back up. In that six year period of time, you would have broken even and not lost any money. So does it suck to have your home value not increase in that amount of time? Sure, but you didn't lose your shirt in the process. So I think buying five plus years or planning to stay in the home for five plus years is good. Um, and then third is making sure you don't empty your bank account when you buy a house. So this would be, um, I think three months of reserves is really smart. So for instance, uh, that would be, what's your monthly survival number? So does it cost you like with your bills, uh, your utilities, your gas, your groceries, childcare expenses, your future mortgage payment. Let's say that all adds up to $3,000 per month. A three month reserve means that you would have $9,000 sitting in an account after you pay for your down payment and closing costs. Um, because far too many people buy a house and then they wipe out their bank account and they literally have no money left uh, after they pay down payment and closing costs. Even though that's allowed with a lot of loan programs, I wouldn't suggest it um, because it doesn't put you in a good financial situation. If you have income that's less stable, it might be worth looking at making a six month buffer, a six month buffer as opposed to a three month buffer. So all that to say, in my opinion, I think if you meet those three criteria, um, you'll be able to weather any market that you want to buy in. Uh, Mike, you said we wouldn't know how much the multifamily brings in until I found a place. So how does that then increase my income to qualify for more? Um, yeah, so in the qualification process, you really are taking kind of a, a guess. And so what you would do is work with your loan officer and to give them an idea of some of the properties you're looking at and um, figuring out what kind of income you think uh, could be pulled from these rentals. And then of course the appraisal is gonna come in with that final number, um, but What's easiest is to qualify without the rental income, and then it's just a, a bonus to help you if you need it. But uh, you're really just going to go off of projections. So in that case, I would just err on the side of caution. So if you're if you're expecting, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's say you're looking at a, a two-unit home, 
and you're planning on renting, uh, here, let me pull up a little calculator here. Let's say you're looking at buying a two unit home and you're gonna rent each side for 850. Okay, so we have, let's say $1,700 that you're planning on in gross income. We're gonna multiply that times 0.75. So 1275 would offset your mortgage payment. And then from there, I would use a more conservative number with your loan officer and plan on maybe $1,000 um, to make sure that uh, you know, you're not stretching yourself too much. Bobby, hello from Spring Hill, Florida. Welcome. Um, Keelans, you said, uh, yes, a secured card and helping me start the process and leading me into which loan to get. I guess I didn't realize my sentence was so messed up. Uh, that's okay. Uh, can the bank help me there or should I talk to a lender? Um, yeah, I mean, if the bank has a lending division, they can help you. You can talk to a lender. Um, what you can do as well, and this is something that I, I can't remember from your other comment if you already got one or not. Um, it may be helpful to look at uh, getting approved with no credit score. Because what ends up happening is as soon as you start getting a card and that starts reporting, now all of a sudden, like we were talking about, we went from no credit score to having some credit score. The only problem is you're not, you now have a credit score with very limited credit history, and most loans like two years of credit history. Sometimes on FHA loans, we can get away with one year of credit history. So in your case, for instance, if you're wanting to buy in the next couple months, maybe even the next six months, if you start getting a card right now, you likely won't be able to be approved for a traditional loan in the next six months because you won't have enough credit history. Whereas we can go the opposite route. If you get approved without having a credit score, um, then we can go with a no credit score loan and start looking at uh, using things like utilities and other bills, rental history uh, to be able to count as your credit report. Um, so that may be something to look at before you um, start getting that secured card. Uh, Rick, if my parents want to be, oh, I need to take this screen off. <laughs> um, you said, if my parents want to be co-borrowers on my home loan, how does the lender uh, determine which credit score to go with and how does the qualification amount get calculated? Um, so if you're going to have co-borrowers on your loan, it's going to be the lowest median score. So all of you are going to have uh, three credit scores, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. They're going to look at your median score. So then they'll have everybody's median score and they'll use the lowest of the median scores. Um, and then the qualification amount is really just the debt to income ratio of uh, all of the income incomes combined um, and all of the minimum monthly debt payments combined. And then various loans use different ratios to determine what kind of qualification you can get in there. Um, doo -doo -doo. How long um, do you have to live in a home? Wait, how long you have to live in a home? I purchase using VA loan before I can purchase another one. Um, it, if you're looking at using a VA loan, there's quite strict requirements of getting multiple VA loans. But if you're looking at getting another home as like a conventional loan, then there won't be a time limit that you have to live in there. Um, how do you know if you qualify for loan assistance first time home buying deals? Um, really, it's going to depend on uh, the lender that you work with will have access to um, any sorts of like loan assistance programs. Um, there really aren't a lot of like first time home buyer programs in that sense that where they used to be 
like, oh, you're a first time home buyer and you qualify for a certain amount. What ends up happening is there's lots of down payment assistance programs, um, but they often have a lot higher of an interest rate or uh, like kind of strings attached to it um, where you may have like resale restrictions where uh, maybe you want to sell the home, but you have to pay back a portion or all of the down payment assistance. And then you also pay higher interest rate um, by getting that assistance as well. So it's something to be mindful of. Sometimes I see a lot of these assistance programs just as like, here's here's free money and it's great and it's incredible. And then uh, you don't really get an opportunity to look at like, what was the opportunity cost compared to a traditional loan? So my only thought here would be, if you're looking at these assistance programs, just compare them to a more traditional mortgage to see which one is gonna be financially better for you. Um, because sometimes the the free money up front um, might help you in the short term, but long term be detrimental to you. Um, the detrimental isn't fair, just more expensive um, in the long run. Janet, can I apply for a loan as a W-2 if I had two different jobs in two years? You 100% can. Um, and we say two different jobs, I'm assuming maybe they're full-time jobs. Um, if you have two jobs at the same time, you need a history of working those two jobs at the same time. Um, but like in your situation, if they were both, let's say uh, you started January 1st on one job uh, until July, and then you started another job till the end of the year, that's perfectly fine. Um, Brandon, you said, I love the stream. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, doo -doo -doo. Vincenzo, you said you must live in your home for 12 months. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, so you only have to live in your home for 12 months if you plan to rent it out without refinancing into an investment loan. Um, you can sell your home at any time. There's no requirements on a VA loan that you have to live there for 12 months, right? You could buy your house with a VA and then uh, sell it the next day if you want to. There's no restrictions there. Um, there are also, there are no loan limits for VA. VA removed their loan limits. Um, it is literally just the entitlement amount, um, which goes up to over a million dollars. Um, do you need an escrow account for all mortgages? Uh, no, if you have a, for most cases, if you have a conventional loan and you're putting 20% down, then you can waive the escrow account. With some lenders, waiving an escrow account may come with a slight cost. Uh, this would be to the tune of maybe a couple hundred bucks max. Um, but basically what an escrow account is going to be required on most conventional loans under 20% down. And then it's also going to be required on FHA and USDA. VA does allow waiving escrow accounts. Um, it just depends on the lender if they're going to allow you to do that or not. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, an escrow account is basically where the lender um, helps pay your taxes and insurance for you, uh, primarily because like insurance is paid usually annually um, and taxes often are paid semi-annually. So instead of maybe not budgeting for those expenses and you know you bought your house and then next year comes up and all of a sudden you get hit with a $2,000 insurance bill, um, what ends up happening is you pay the lender a monthly payment of you know however much it would be to total up to that amount and then they're going to pay the bill on your behalf um, so they basically help turn that into monthly installments for you um juan hello love your channel um does school count as employment it sure does 
Um, I was finishing my bachelor's last year. I've been working for a year. Now I'm trying to apply for a loan. You will be perfectly fine. Um, school absolutely does count as uh, employment. So does retirement. Um, and I wish there was a better way that they could like classify that instead of saying like employment. Uh, they just want to see your two-year you know, work or non-work history really is what they're looking for. Um, and just a quick aside here, uh, if you would like to get a consult uh, with my team, uh, you can go up here, winthehouseyoulove.com, and I can show you really quickly how this works. Um, do, 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 screen share. So why is there still text on the screen? How do I? Um, cool. So you can go to winthehouseyoulove.com. It is a free home loan, big green button. And uh, what you can do here is just click anytime you want um, and schedule a call uh, again with my team. Um, and you know, I don't do a good job of actually explaining who's on our team and how how it works. Let me pull up our uh, little directory here. And uh, not everyone sent me in a picture yet, which is really annoying. <laughs> Um, hold on one second. Yeah, and you know, what's what's uh, cool is like, this channel has grown way more than I ever anticipated. And um, it's definitely uh, outgrown me being able to do everything, um, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, it's bad in the sense that sometimes people get mad that I can't uh, help them do everything. Um, I'm only one person and I only have the capacity of one person. And uh, thanks to all of you who are interested in us being able to help you out. Um, we, right now, we talk to about 30 new people per day. Um, so you can see that's a lot of, a lot of uh, time. So uh, I work with a fantastic team and everybody's way more experienced than I am. <laughs> um, it's like we have Alan and Anthony, uh, Dan, um, Catalina we work with on student loans, uh, Don being a processor, Haley, we have John, we have Kat, who's working, who's probably watching, um, who helps edit videos. Uh, myself, obviously, my dad helps with realtor referrals. Um, we have another person who helps with marketing and credit. And then Patrick, Tammy, and Nico um, all work on the team. So uh, we have a, a pretty robust team. Everyone is super experienced. Again, everyone's more experienced than I am. <laughs> um, so, but I can't, I can't change my age, unfortunately. Uh, so we'd love to help. Um, feel free to reach out. So let me jump back into some questions here. Shanta, Shanta Scruggs, uh, welcome. Christine, not a perfect person. First time made it live. Welcome. Um, let me make sure I didn't uh, skip any questions here. Christine, I uh, said, good evening. I'm from New York. Um, who pays the transfer tax? New York transfer tax and in NYS. Um, so all who pays transfer tax is going to be, be based state by state. Um, I would need to look it up. Uh, if you can, Christine, shoot me an email and I'll, I'll double check that. I don't have every single state memorized on transfer taxes. Um, so shoot me an email and I can help you out with that. Jeff, uh, Wigginton, um, would my dad be able to co-sign on a mortgage for me to buy a home they own and bought in cash? Um, would my dad be able to co-sign on a mortgage for me to buy a home they own and bought in cash? Oh, that's an interesting one. Let me think through. I don't... I want to say that would count as an interested party, and I don't know that that would work for him to co-sign. 
Hmm. Uh, Jeff, go ahead and email me. Let me do some digging into some creative ways that this could work. Um, I have a feeling that him signing out as a co-signer for a home that he owns is going to be really tough. Um, however, we could look at solutions of him actually issuing you a mortgage uh, where he may take out a mortgage and actually he can be a basically a private lender to you. That may be a more like a solution that may work a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, email me and I can help you out with that. Drew, hey, what's up? You said if dad is the owner, it would be a cash out refi. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Drew. I was like, I don't know that he'd be he'd be an interested party and I can't imagine that being able to fly. But if dad became basically the lender taking out his own mortgage, uh, that may be best. That's a tough one. Hmm. Um, I have done once one kind of weird scenario like that where it was like the dad was the private lender got their own mortgage and then became a private lender uh so yeah we can look at that um rt uh what would be the best option to finance a four family um take advantage of associate associates benefits um associates benefits what's that what am i missing here Um, could you clear me in or clue me in on associate benefits? When I look at this, it says it's a group focused on providing products and services that meet individual and corporate needs. I'm not familiar with what that is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. Uh, if you can uh, clarify, I can help you there. Um, Drew, that's also another suggestion. Dad could sell and give um, a portion of equity. Uh, that is also an option as well. Uh, gift of equity. I think it's not fight of equity. <laughs> you can fight over the equity in there. That would probably be a better solution there. Um, is a gift of equity. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, biz bosses. We received a gift from family for a down payment. Do we need this amount in a separate bank account or the same account with my direct deposit monthly income? Um, it The easiest way to do gifts is, first of all, make sure that you talk to your loan officer before any money changes hands. One of the most frustrating things is when people start moving money all around and then your loan officer is the one who has to tell you how it has to be documented and then people get mad at us. <laughs> um, so the easiest thing with gifts is you're obviously going to have a gift letter that uh, the donor signs saying, hey, we're going to give this amount to biz bosses and um, if that's your real name, which I'm certain, I'm certain it's not. Uh, we're gonna give this amount with no expectation of repayment. Usually what's the easiest solution in that case is to then have them wire the money directly from their account to the settlement agent or the title company. Um, that's going to require the least amount of documentation as possible. Um, as soon as that money transfers into your account is when they're going to need your account statement um, and then they'll need a deposit slip uh, or withdrawal slip from the donor account. Sometimes, depending on the loan type, like FHA, they actually may need the donor's bank statement. Um, so sometimes this can depend on the lender and the underwriter particularly, but the easiest solution is one, talk with your loan officer about this first and make sure that you understand their process for uh, donor gifts. Because unfortunately, a lot of lenders don't follow just the guidelines straight. They usually are a little more strict than that. 
Um, and then two, see if it's an option for, to have the donor directly uh, wire that money to the settlement statement. Um, that's the easiest uh, process there. Donors do not like showing anything related to their account. They get very mad. Um, so I try to offer options that don't require that as much as possible. Um, I plan to pass it down to my kids. Uh, cool. I'm glad to help. Um, Mahi, hello, nice to see you again. Uh, what is a prequal letter? Is it the same thing with a pre-approval? Um, you know, one of the really unfortunate things here is as much regulation as there is in the mortgage and uh, housing world, um, there's no legal definition between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. Uh, legally, they are the same thing. There's no technical difference, or I'm sorry, no technical uh, legal term for either. Um, what is pretty common is a pre-qualification being where um, a lender maybe did a soft credit pull and they took a general look at, you know, you told them, hey, I make $100,000 and I have all the, you know, I have these debts. Maybe they do an application, they do a soft credit pull, but they didn't actually look at your documents or do a hard credit check. Um, what's common with a pre-approval is where you would do an application, a hard credit pull, and your documents are looked at. Um, some people take that a step further and have an underwriter look at it um, and do what would be like a TBD approval. Um, and then a ton of companies turn those into like big mar you know, marketing terms of like, it's a verified, close to cash approval or whatever it's called. Um, those are what are common differences. However, I also see like big lenders, uh, you know, with super big advertising budgets, say you have a one click pre-approval. Like that's not really, uh, to me, it gives a false sense of security with an approval. And I really do think like I was talking about this earlier, um, you're trying to build a really solid plan and you can't build a solid plan on shifty numbers. Um, the best way to get accurate numbers is really to have that full application, a hard credit pull, and being able to show your lender um, all the documents that they request of you. That way you know uh, the quote that you get is solid, um, but then also that your approval is solid and you're not going to run into issues in the future. Um, anything that would be a pre-qualification is something I wouldn't feel, uh, I don't think you should go and run with just a pre-qualification. Um, again, it's just like, why make a plan based off of, it's almost like if I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fly to, uh, I was talking with Kat earlier about flying to, uh, Thailand. It's like, okay, why would I go talk about plan my whole trip and budget about flying to Thailand, just about looking at Google flights once. Wouldn't it be better to base my budget around actually like purchasing the ticket? <laughs> That's probably going to be a better way uh, to look at my budget. So maybe that analogy helps or, or not. Um, Jonathan, uh, actually, okay, Jonathan, let me get to your question here in just a second. Um, there's a super chat from sweet PB 100. Uh, so I work as a nurse now. Um, if I get another full-time nursing job and go part-time at my current job, which I've been at for six years, would I be able to include both jobs as income? Unfortunately, no. Um, so working two jobs simultaneously, you need to have a history of doing that for two years to count both incomes. However, with the new full-time nursing job that you're looking at getting, we can use that income depending on the type of pay that you're getting. I'm guessing it's hourly. Um, what we can do is look at uh, what your base employment income is going to be in there. And if you've been working on your current job, 
um, you know, with, let's say, uh, overtime, um, I can't remember the other, uh, the other paid term I'm looking for right now. Uh, we can look at a two year average of anything over uh, base pay, but unfortunately you can't use both um, incomes in there. Um, let me send Javier an invite link. He said, need help. <laughs> um, wait, I, I have to email it to him because he's a boomer. Hold on. Where in the world? Does everyone in here know who Javier is? Tell, just let's fill the chat with like your, let's, let's do like high school horror stories of Javier. Just make them up. They don't have to be real. Uh, let's see. Sent you the invite link. Okay. Um, let me go back up here where the other question was. Um, okay. Jonathan, you said first time, but I have a FICO 740, um, uh, wifey 700, uh, 14 grand saved and combined income of 80, 20%, 20% debt, debt ratio. Um, then you get eventual loan. Um, yeah, with a 700 plus conventional loan is definitely the route that you're going to take low debt to income ratio. Um, how much you can afford really is, uh, so I have, like, I have a calculator that does that, um, on my website, it's called the max purchase price calculator. You can go to winthehouseyoulove.com under the tool section. Yeah, it's in there and you can go put in all your numbers and it's going to show you different ratios, different loan types use. Um, so that's something you can look at doing there. Um, we could also just do like a, a full pre-approval for you if you'd like to take a look at um, some quotes. Um, cool. Everybody knows <laughs> Javier. Never heard of him. Uh, yeah, we know him. Unfortunately, uh, do you like pizza? Is that a Javier thing? Um, am I missing that? Um How much after I can apply for a home if I just became an independent contractor? Um, great question. So, uh, if you're starting to, if you're becoming, if you're, <laughs> if you're new uh, to self being self-employed, I'm like having difficulty putting together my thoughts on this stream today. Um, basically, you need a two-year history of self-employment income to qualify for a mortgage. So, if you just became an independent contractor, first of all, that's awesome, super exciting, and I hope it's going really well. Um, the, but unfortunately to qualify for a mortgage, you're going to need, need a two-year history of income. What you might run into is it's going to depend how this first year is. If this first year is slow, that's going to have to be included in the average. Maybe this first year is really good and you're up and running really quickly. But sometimes what can happen for people starting a new business is their first year might be a little bit slow and they don't have enough income after the two-year average. So they might have to be, uh, in that self-employed work for maybe three years to bring their income up to a place where they're able to qualify um, for what they want. Um, I'm not wanting to get a home and I want to pull money. I'm not wanting to get a home. Okay. And I want to pull money from my retirement. Um, do I need to pull the money out first or just a down? Okay. So you do want to get a home. <laughs> Am I reading this right? I'm not wanting to get a home and I want to pull money from my retirement. Uh, do I need to pull the money out first for a down payment or should I wait till approved? Uh, if you're going to use any retirement money for your down payment, anything in retirement accounts, 
IRAs, 401ks, the whole deal. First of all, it'd be really smart to talk with a CPA just to double check your any tax implications of pulling money out of your retirement account. Uh, make sure that you're not running into any you know, fees or issues there that you're uncomfortable with uh, or long-term consequences there. Second, what I would do is wait till you're approved and actually under contract for a home because the money's there and we can verify it's there and in a retirement account. Um, you don't have to go ahead and liquidate it. Uh, and ideally, I wouldn't do that until you're under contract anyway because I wouldn't want you to liquidate stuff in a retirement account and then you don't find a home for, you know, worst case scenario, you don't find a home for the next three months and then things change and you're like, you know what, I think I'm gonna put this on pause, but now your money's liquidated from your retirement account and you're paying maybe whatever penalty might be on there. So I would wait till you're under contract because we can always verify the money's in the retirement account and then you can liquidate it um, when you're actually closer to that, uh, that point in time. Um... Nicholas, uh, what determines the current interest rates and would another lender provide a similar rate? Currently in California, received 5% down, 6125. Um, this is from one lender. So interest rates are determined based on a market interest rate. Um, it's also going to be determined based on, you know, each lender um, and all of, uh, you know, they basically have different rates depending on which lender you're working with. Um, and, but all lenders are usually pretty competitive. So what I would suggest, like we, we have a solution for this. Uh, if you look in the description, it says, let us beat your interest rate. Um, you can upload your uh, quote. And then what we'll do is we'll shop it around with the 80 different lenders that we work with. And we can take a look to see if we can offer you something lower. Um, if we can't, we'll tell you that you got a, a good deal, um, which we do with uh, quite a few people, who, especially who have uh, worked with like a builder's lender and are receiving a credit from the builder. Um, we always tell them like, you got a good deal. No lender is going to be able to beat, uh, your, your offer. In other cases, um, the past, uh, past five comparisons we've done, um, have saved people. Uh, what was it? The average. Oh, the average was, do, 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 uh, $17,639 of 10 year savings from the quotes that we did. So feel free to upload that if you want. It saves you the hassle of having to do like a whole application and you know, phone tag and the whole deal. Um, which areas do we provide consultations? Um, our team works in all 50 states. So we have a federal license. Um, so we can work everywhere, including US territories. Um, if you if you happen to be in there, I feel like the this channel doesn't really reach like uh, Puerto Rico and US Virgin Islands and the whole deal. Um, how does closing on a new construction home work? Do you have to wait for it to be finished before you can close? Um, yes, you will need to have it. It does need to be finished before you can close on it. Um, that home is going to have to have a certificate of occupancy, which basically is from the county saying you're able, a, a human being is able to live inside. Um, so basically the, the city or the county is going to come out and inspect the home, make sure that you can live in it. But um, yeah, you will need to, uh, that will need to be cl uh, finished before you can close on it. Um, doo -doo -doo. okay. Another super chat. Thank you. Uh, regarding the two nursing jobs, I've always worked two jobs. I resigned from my part-time in March due to burnout. Does that start the two-year clock over again? Um, nope. As long as you have that history of working the two, working two jobs, um, you will be good. That's a good clarification to add in there. Yeah. And I know it's, it's so hard sometimes too, with the YouTube, um, uh, comments, 
like because I think you only get how many characters like 200 characters or something uh, you gotta write like a, a beefy tweet and that's about all you got oh you clarified I'm now ready not not wanting <laughs> okay that makes sense <laughs> um does a lender pay the portion of the recording mortgage fee? So recording fees are charged by your county. Um, I'm curious why you're seeing 0.25% because I've never seen a recording fee that has a percentage next to it. It's going to be a flat fee from the county uh, to record the deed and the mortgage. Um, so feel free to email me if and I can you know show me what you're looking at and I can help you with that. Um, what are points when receiving a pre-approval? So points are what the lender is going to charge you to uh, lower the interest rate. Um, oh, Drew, you said the 10 month. Did I miss where it said 10 month gap? Hold on. Let me look in here. March. Oh, you're so right. Okay. The, the gap in there completely went past me. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that would start the clock over because there is that gap in there. Um, I didn't even, that part did not even click. Uh, so, Drew, thank you for covering that. Um, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, let me find where the next question was. Look who it is. All right, Javier, let me answer this one question that I'll, I'll, I'll put you in here. Uh, Everyone's calling you beefy tweet. So just so you know. Um, okay, so Nicholas, you said, what are points when receiving a pre-approval? Um, think of this almost like um, almost like prepaid interest. So let's say that uh, for no cost, you would be quoted a 6% interest rate. But maybe you could pay $2,000 up front and receive a 5.875% interest rate. From there, you're looking at how much interest you would save monthly. And over a period of time, at what point would you break even from the upfront $2,000 investment? Um, all right, let me add in Javier and then a rule. I will get to your super chat here in just a second. Look who it is. What's up? Not It's not win the home of your dreams. Oh my, not my worst enemy. Hey, win the house of your dreams here. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about relaxing home buying goals. <coughs> so you everybody, please, are you looking for a loan? Your mom's looking for a loan? Go to winthehouseyoulove.com. Uh, <laughs> you know what's stupid is I didn't even realize for a second. I I almost was like, oh, your background looks nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, go grab that's... my guitar from back here. Wait. That... They can't see my guitar, so the joke's Can you not... play play your spicy... Um... Is that classical? Yes, I told you. I have a Cordoba. You have a Cordoba. Of course. Or Cordoba bros. All right. Well, let me just get into my... Uh, is this not your office anymore? I thought you gave me your old office. What? No, it's this right here. Not... Hold on. I need to answer this super chat. No, you Look. don't. Oh, okay. There you Twins. go. Twins. Okay. Kyle, um, hey, Kyle here. Hey, uh, I have signed a contract for a new home. Um, can I use lender credits for home insurance and property taxes? Uh, the lender credits can offset any closing costs. Um, so as long as you know you're when you do have uh, when you do purchase a home, you're going to pay 12 months of home insurance up front, um, and then put property taxes in an escrow account. 
Um, so in that sense, yes, but it can't be like taken out and used separately. It's gonna have to be part of the closing cost. Ooh. Can you make it so it looks like it's the same room? So like move your angle, so maybe I have to move mine then hold on. If you take off your green screen, I can put green screen on my side. And Why do you put... have porn music on? <laughs> well, the, you don't under... Did you not get the memo of what this was? What is That's this? That's where you're wearing an, a, a shirt you can unbutton, right? Oh, okay. Uh, let me see if I can... So it's like like this. There you go. There, we're in the same room now. Close. Kind of close. All right, so what's up, man? Uh... Not, not much. What's up with you? Besides being, besides copying, win the house of your dreams. Win the house of your dreams. They don't know what that is yet. So your first what's, live back. This, is this your wait, first live this? in a while? Little badge. Oh, oh, uh, you're not supposed to see that. <laughs> okay. All right. Girl Scout cookies, guys. It's oh. not. It's not. It's but it's not national time yet. The when when it's time when national orders are open, I'm gonna hit up my audience to buy cookies, but. For now, we're good. You know all the other... Wait, do you say your kids' names on here? Yeah. Okay. All the other kids in Sadie's class are going to be so mad uh, because her dad's like a YouTube influencer, Mega Chad, and she's probably going to sell like the most Girl Scout cookies. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that. I don't know if... Uh... Last time I tried to get my audience to vote for me on something, it didn't work out, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you weren't the realtor 30 under 30? Uh, no, I wasn't. Man, what a bummer. Uh, no, this is not, I've been doing live streams uh, weekly for a while. Um, I do them with Dan, but Dan's out of town. Um, really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm going to switch out of the virtual cam now, okay? Promoting in here? I know. I don't know. He's he's gone. No, sorry. I'm just going back to normal. Uh, should be back. Um, let me see if we can get some questions for Javier in here. Uh, self, uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. We got ton. Everyone's writing for you, Javier. We got Javier's hilarious. Lots of praise hands. Acting up. Uh, what else we got? We got, we got, we got. What? I'm so over this. I'm done. Yeah, what, what do you... Str oh, he left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe he'll be back. Or he's just gonna... He's gonna do a little rage quit and then leave. Oh, man, Javier. Now I'm gonna have to go back to answering... There he is, okay. Don't rage, Sorry, quit, need, you old diva. I needed a restart. Are you feel? Do you need a, a better presentation? Did you need me to uh, like do a full intro and? Well, I mean, the porn music is already doing pretty well, so it's good. Yeah, it's like, oh, buy a house with Kyle. <laughs> buy a house with. Are oh, you got a friend in me? Oh gosh, let's see. You got right. a friend in Dan Frio. <laughs> 
If you stand Frio, what are you, Kyle Caliente? What does that mean? Frio is cold in Spanish. Oh. So you can be Kyle Caliente with a K. I should have known that. Um, I'm seeing if there's any questions in here. So Javier has a, a large YouTube channel um, and makes videos uh, just like I do. So if you guys aren't familiar with him, but it seems like everyone knows who you are. Uh, so ask him some real estate questions. No, keep let's asking put, Kyle. No, put let's put him under the uh, let's put him under the fire. Or or wait 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 I can we'll pause the uh, the porn music, and if that's what you listen to those eighties uh, VHS tapes, um, and you can provide us with some background music. Sure. I'm learning a song right now called uh, Maria Luisa. Okay. Um, I don't have the sheet music in front of me, but I can't play it by heart. But I can uh, just answer questions and just play chords like at the back, I guess. Play that little spicy ditty you played for me when I was walking through PetSmart <laughs> looking for cat food. I think it was the, yeah, the, the, it's called the, uh, I forgot the name of it, but I joined this flamenco group. So I'm part of a flamenco group, part of the, the college. So uh, essentially, we're playing with the dancers. So the dancers are dancing while we play flamenco. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, sorry, I think it's something along the lines uh, of. Uh, I covered that uh, that topic there in the um, ooh, right in the beginning of this live stream. You can rewind, and I covered that uh, interest rate change. That's all I got. I'm not gonna play for you guys. No, do that little like little little riff you got mm. I feel like I'm gonna be lured into your lair spicy little uh what are they called clamada Clam uh, I'm, I'm here to answer I'm not your little gonna be Michelada lair oh my I'm not gonna have my God. culture be abused by you <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. All right. Real estate. <laughs> How okay. come I can't just join and be a guest, and you guys don't have to put my culture like that? Well, I'm pretty just sure last time I joined your stream, here's where the beef starts. Last time I joined your stream, you said, "All right, everybody, insult Kyle when he comes in," and then everyone genuinely insulted me for the next five minutes. <laughs> Dude, the AI comment was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I feel Fun. like it's a little fair. Well, um. Here you go. You got to answer this one. You got to answer at least one question. So, little lady seven uh, said, "Hi, uh, me and my fiance are looking to buy a house in Florida, but don't know where to start. We both don't want to be taken advantage of because someone uh, just wants to make a sale. Any advice where to start?" Um, I think first and foremost, you got to get over the idea of. Uh, Everybody you're going to meet, even if they have good intentions, has an underlying intention that they want to sell. Yeah, that's just something that everyone has. They're not, no one's in a business to be a charity, right? They're, every realtor, every lender out there, yes, it, it, it could be an underlying cause, but everyone is at some point making a monetary compensation off of helping you. So, first, let's get over that and tackle that. That is, that is something that you're going to have to definitely, uh, uh, address now now that we have acknowledged that everyone is going to make some kind of compensation then essentially you just want to focus on finding someone who has the right values as you now 
for for someone like people I work with, they all happen to be engineers, very data oriented. So yes, they understand I'm making money or commission off their sale, but they feel like they're comfortable with me because I am uh, in their same you know same values as them. Um, so I think instead of focusing on the they're making money off me, focus on okay, every realtor is going to make money off me. Let's find someone who's not necessarily motivated just by that. Um, but motivated by other things. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing you have to understand is <clears throat> even the one, the ones that are most motivated by money will not tell you or, and will hide it very well from you. You will not know that's their true intention. The ones that are, they're, they're not, uh, they're not just very flamboyant about it. They're going to be kind of snakes about it. They're going to, God, I'm so sick of you doing this to my culture. I'm leaving. I'm just kidding. Why <laughs> okay. put some boots because of the Spanish? Because of the Spanish thing? I don't know. I just thought it was funny because someone's that's what <laughs> that's what somebody commented and I just went. Oh, I like that. Avatar. What is oh, you have no idea what that is from? I have no clue what that is. That's that's a that's a Kampachi. Okay, I, I don't want to do spoiler. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed? Because I feel like What's the okay? So in the Matrix, which which one's the red pill and which one's the blue? Is it red that you see the reality thing, or is it blue? Which one? I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure red is reality because that's what the yeah that's what the they use that as a metaphor. Yeah. Okay. Have you noticed this thing where let's say like okay inflation for instance inflation changes by like 0.2 percent and then all of a sudden people turn it into this like narrative about like all the data that comes out is just 0.2 percent change and then what ends up happening is everyone's like here's what it means for the housing market and then they go on to create this whole narrative around one little bit of data assuming that like every time data happens it means something in the market or like data happens in trends not one granular piece every single month but it's like each month it's like every day there's one little bit of piece one little bit of data that changes and people extrapolate it as like one month over month change and turn it into this like whole narrative yeah it's the thing is their video that talks about how the market's being affected because Kyle Seagraves farted is more impactful than what they're actually talking about because they're actually influencing people's decisions and they actually have influence over people. It's just, it's really sad the amount of, inf I mean, I guess we're in the same space. The amount of influence people have just watching someone's video where they read an article and they'll maybe give a micro opinion. Um, than than actually doing their own research and doing their own like education because i think i mean the majority of people aren't in a position to buy but they can make that decision on their own simply by asking themselves do we have the motivation do we have the savings do we have the credit no okay let's work on that but instead it's like it's almost like a in a way i mean this is kind of a speculation but it's almost like Ooh. people would rather listen to some random person on youtube tell them they can't buy and and have that be the reason why they that oh that I'm not buying because uh, I almost said real names because um, Johnny said Canceled. on YouTube that that because market's gonna crash but in reality they they maybe it's like maybe they can admit that hey I, maybe I'm not financially where I need to to buy yet maybe I haven't saved enough yet maybe I haven't done that because at the end of the day if you have your savings you can afford your monthly payment regardless if the rate's higher and you're in a better position to buy then you should and you have the motivation then you should buy um but once again that's speculation hmm. classic realtor just trying to get everyone to buy huh 
I see how it is. Classic. Okay, what happened to the ad? Hey, everybody, if you're looking for a lender, <laughs> I like I like how you were saying that you can beat lender builder lender incentives. <coughs> Nobody you know, can. You know, no, that's a bunch of poo poo. You know, of course you can't. What? You said that you could that the last five you did, uh, you beat five builder lenders or something like that. No, 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 no. Uh, builder, it's when a builder is offering a credit um, for working with their in-house lender, it's almost impossible to beat it because they're working from two different pools of money. Um, so no, anytime somebody usually works with the builder's lender, um, I've never seen any other lender be able to touch the deal that they have because they're basically, the seller credit is conditioned on what lender they're working with. Um, but for other like non uh, builder relationship lenders, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, then I misunderstood, I apologize. Please forgive me, Dan Frio. I won't, he won't. On behalf of him, he won't. Okay, Kyle Caliente. No, he, uh, what, other, what other songs do you got for us? I can blow out my book right now, I guess. Um, or what? I, I, like uh, I said, I want to focus on real estate. I don't want to just turn it into a bromance. Uh, that's the only reason I wanted you on here was just to serenade us. Really? So I've been uh, working on my pool guard. So when you're playing flamenco, you're supposed to play with your thumb, but it's not just like a. You have to like kind of. The way that my teacher explained it is like you kind of have to use the elastic energy from kind of pulling your hand like this and dropping it. So it has to be like very loud because when you're playing flamenco, there's no amp. It's just you and the guitar and there's like a room and a guitar. So you have to be like, like really loud. And, and then the, the strumming, it's like you're, you're building tension with your finger and you're whacking it like that. So it's like, I don't know if the volume is really coming across, but instead of like, it was like normal. It was, yeah. Every single whack is like with tension. Like you, you put it in mm, finger. I'm feeling some tension now too. Oh, oh my god. Oh wow. Uh, Hello everybody. How's everyone doing today? Sergio said if you put in an offer for a home. It's and Sergio. Huh? It's Sergio. Okay. Uh, do you want to answer this? No, you read it. Go ahead. Okay. Read it. I'll answer it. I'll show uh, you my read. If you put in an offer for a home and the appraised uh, appraisal comes in higher than your offer, does that mean you have to automatically pay more than you offered? No, you do not at all. Um, you well, just I was going to answer it. I wanted you to read it. Huh? Oh, you were going to answer it? Oh, no, well, I'm sorry. You can answer okay. it now. Yeah. What, what if I just give Matt info? Yeah, you actually have to come up with the difference. <laughs> that would not be you good. heard it here first at winthehouseyoulove.com. No. You have to pay out of your pocket. And if no. you don't have enough money, you got to come up with the money or else Kyle's going to send his goons after you. No. Next question. Gonna make me lose my license. Um, <laughs> uh, no. So it's all, it's going to be the lesser of the purchase price or the appraised value. When the appraisal comes in higher, um, basically, it to me, it just signifies that you got a good deal. Appraisals are subjective. It's something to keep in mind. But it uh, sounds like you got a good deal in the home based on comparable homes in the market. Um, if it's worth more than uh, you purchased it for. Um, That's what I'm working on. I, I like this little... Uh, 
I like this little uh, ambiance we got here. Oh, first time buyer here to start the ball rolling on what I qualify for. Do I go to my bank? Um, you can go to your bank. Uh, we also work in all 50 states. Well, at least my team does. Javier doesn't. Uh, but we're licensed loan originators in all 50 states. Go so. go straight to your bank, your big bank Chase or Wells Fargo. And that's Not it. Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> go, go to Wells Fargo right now. Don't listen to Kyle. Isn't Wells Fargo in another like... Uh, yeah, like, they stopped doing mortgages. They they advertise that they're going to stop doing mortgages. It's a lie. They're only you just go in person and tell them when the house you left sent you. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Everybody's <laughs> giving real bad advice. <laughs> they can just I would keep pulling up questions, and I'll give like the worst advice. Um, <laughs> all right. As long as we have a disclaimer of. Don't write a disclaimer. Bad. All right, there you go. AI generated bad advice is uh is gonna be good. Uh, you got a very nice strumming in there, which is nice. Um, Rick said I'll whisper sweet nothings in Javier's ear if he promises to get me down payment assistance. Well, actually, Kyle will pay your down payment assistance for you. All you got to do is message, send him a text number. Let me give you the cell phone out. And then you ask, you you send him your Venmo and he'll Venmo you the down payment. It's okay as, if the lender can give you the down payment. It's totally fine. No. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, how much does this actually... Uh... <laughs> From like a licensing perspective, how much? At what it's point? Fine. It's fine. At what it's point do work. I have to kick you off so I I don't get uh, regulatory <laughs> action? What would that call me? I... Like, dude, the freaking governing board just called me. I lost my license. Yeah, I don't think I would appreciate that too much. Um, let's see. In California, can someone be approved for a home loan two years after? Chapter seven bankruptcy on an FHA loan. Yes. Um, if so, is a bigger down no. payment required? Uh, you can't. No. You got him. You got him, man. <laughs> you can't qualify ever again if you have a bankruptcy. Um, all right. Let's see what some other questions. We need some questions. Actually, some, like, Kyle's company, If you're even if your family members had bankruptcy, not allowed to buy a house. Nope. Nope. Okay, ignore everything. <laughs> ignore everything that Javier says. Uh, Javier is in opposite day right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Have you been seeing FHA offers in uh, Phoenix? With an FHA loan, do buyers pay most closing costs, or what do sellers pay for? Yeah, the sellers pay for absolutely everything, even the down payment with FHA. <sighs> no. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, um, dude, it, it, it has the FHA loan has nothing to do with it. Every situation is negotiable depending on the house and the seller. Um, I am selling FHA homes, but I'm actually seeing inventory drop and I'm seeing demand increase. So all the market crash chads are booming right now because it's a weird, it's, it's a weird stalemate that we're in right now with both those things. Well, um, I think sellers are, are, are because less people are selling their house. The inventory is dropping. It went from twenty one thousand in Phoenix to sixteen thousand, like a month. Jeez. So inventory is dropping, and the pending numbers went from five thousand to seven thousand. So um, even though the solds are still around five k, our pending numbers are going up. So around next month, our absorption rate will drop from four to three, and uh, we're two actually four to two, 
And yeah, I mean, we're getting back to a somewhat healthy market. Somewhat healthy market? Is that what you just said? You're not allowed somewhat to say that. Somewhat healthy as in the houses are still expensive. Interest rates are still high, but every situation is a lot more negotiable. Multiple offer situations means there's multiple people offering list price as opposed to multiple people offering 20 or 30K above, which is what you used to recommend when you were making videos about the housing market crash. Me? Uh Drew, for the chapter that's a nervous seven, that's a nervous me me drew for the chapter uh chapter seven bankruptcy is uh only two year wait period on fha all right kyle i gotta go put my kids to sleep it was nice having you thank you for being here ai generated bad advice guest who everyone should ignore everything right, now everybody now here's says. the thing about conventional loans you can have a low credit score 400 we gotta cut them off <laughs> He's going to be so mad. So mad. Um, cool. Well, I actually need to head out too. Thank you all for being here. Um, that is Javier. Javier actually does have good advice on his YouTube channel. He's just being a goon um, because I asked if he wanted to join me. So uh, yeah, Javier might need a nap. Uh, yes. <laughs> so thank you all for being here. I'm going to do this live stream um, next week with Dan and we'll go through uh, your questions. I know there was a lot of questions that I wasn't able to get to, which happens on every stream. Um, and uh, I put my email. Oh, Drew, you made the comment to get a reaction for you. I was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, is this is this a is this a troll, Drew, or is this a real Drew? Um, Ask me a question if I wasn't able to cover it in there, and I'd be happy to help. Um, also feel free to leave a comment on my, any of the videos, but, uh, have a wonderful night, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and we'll talk to you soon.